Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Third and Long, a weekly podcast about the National Football League, keeping you up to date on professional football. Now, here are your hosts, Aaron Hook and Nick Carlson. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Nick Carlson here for Third and Long, along with my co-host, as always, Aaron Hook, as well as Aiden Butler. We're going to be breaking down this past week in the NFL season, week seven. We're going to talk about who surprised, who looked really good, as well as getting into our first segment as Overreaction Tuesday, as well as getting into a team that has kind of surprised us, uh, at least in the trades that they've made and kind of how they look in the 49ers, as well as looking ahead on the week. And just to jump right into it, boys, and Aaron, I'll go to you first. So who would you say surprised you so far, especially in these early games that we saw this past week? There was a lot of teams that kind of shocked. Panthers were one of them. I don't know if that's a team that you're going to put on your list, but who surprised you so far week seven? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the Panthers absolutely are uh, are up there, but um, I think really what that game showed us is that uh, the Bucks are – uh, not who they used to be. I mean, that's pretty obvious um, the way I'm putting it there. But, I mean, they just looked sluggish. They looked a little bit disinterested. I mean, uh, I was watching Red Zone at the time because uh, the Jets didn't play till 4 o'clock, so I had Red Zone on for the early games. And Scott Hansen was like, you know, when P.J. Walker hit uh, Tommy Tremble in the end zone for that final touchdown, kind of the, the nail in the coffin there in the fourth quarter, he was like, these two guys – are beating the Bucks defense right now uh, over the top for like a 30-yard touchdown. I mean, their secondary just doesn't doesn't look all that interested. Tom Brady seems frustrated. So I would say both of these teams are really surprises. Uh, the Bucks, obviously coming off that Super Bowl victory only two years ago, uh, have really kind of fallen from grace, I think, at this point. they I mean, you know, sometimes your record doesn't really tell the whole story, but I think a three and four start for them um, really does show that they are a few steps behind where they should be at this point. And, you know, good win for the Panthers. Feel good moment for P.J. Walker. But, I mean, at this point, they're still competing for that number one overall pitch. So. I think that what's even a bigger surprise is that P.J. Walker gets the start over Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, and they were both healthy. So Yeah, I, well, I don't know how much of a surprise I guess that is. I guess over Baker... Uh, because, you know, they made, even seen they made the trade yet. for him. Yeah. Right. I mean, Darnold is just, uh, I think, a lost cause at this point. But Baker, he hasn't been really all that good either this year. So I, I think, you know, new coaching staff was like, you know, well, let's see what we got in B.J. Walker. And he goes out and gets a huge victory for you if you're the Panthers. I mean, obviously, again, you don't want to win too, too many games here because you do need a quarterback at, at some point. But um, if field good win for the Panthers, you beat a division rival. You know, they, you kick their butt uh, in front of your home fans, so pretty good win for them. Well, they also have a lot of picks, too, so at the same time, even if they keep losing what they got from McCaffrey, we talked about it before that they might trade DJ Moore, Brian Burns. It doesn't look like it, but you could get a lot of picks for that. But, Aiden, I'm just going to go to you. Who kind of surprised you? I know that the Eagles didn't play this week, so who surprised you? Who looked good, especially in this Week 7 window? Uh, since Aaron mentioned the Panthers, i got to say uh, the Commanders did a number. I um, was not really expecting that at all. Like, knew the Packers weren't good, and I didn't know they were that bad. Um, <laughs> that was kind of embarrassing, I would say. It kind of shows the offense, the Packers offense. Um, if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon don't get the ball, nothing's going to happen. 
seems like that's what's going to happen with that offense. So the cam- Commanders being able to win that, especially with a backup quarterback and Taylor Heineke, who has experience, is he the greatest backup quarterback? No. <laughs> but he still put a number on um, the Packers' defense, which is pretty good, better than their offense. He did a number on them. Uh, he made Jair Alexander multiple times look like a fool out there. Uh, Terry McLaurin did his number two on uh, Jair Alexander as well. But the Commanders are definitely uh, pretty surprising this week. I think it poses questions. Do you think that the Commanders and the Giants are good or the Packers are bad? Because the Giants go into London and beat the Packers. Commanders beat the Packers. Really, Aaron Rodgers has no weapons. Do you think it's the Packers being bad or other teams just being good? Packers are bad. Um, you meant as you mentioned, they fought to do. What they think they've lost like three straight now. Yeah, something like that. Three straight. The Giants are six and one, I believe. Um, they're one games that they shouldn't have won, but they still won beat the Ravens. Um, just for some reason, I don't know why, but they were the underdogs to the Jaguars this week. They end up beating them as well. But then the Commanders, um, the Commanders aren't good at all. Uh, it's just for some reason they played better than the Packers yesterday, and that just shows really how bad the Packers are. So kind of switching gears from who looked really good, who looked really bad? Because there was some bad team play. We saw it in the Patriots. I mean, I would argue that the Packers are looking really bad right now. Uh, Tampa Bay is another one who I thought looked horrible this past week. Aaron, I'm going to go to you. Who kind of lets you down? Who really did not look that good this week and who hasn't looked good for the past couple weeks? Um, Well, I'll go with a team that... Hasn't looked good all year, and uh, that's the Colts. And they're actually going to make a, a quarterback change starting next week. They're going to bring in the kid from Texas, uh, Sam Ellinger, to start over Matt Ryan. I mean, it's pretty crazy how we're seven weeks in, and this is already taking place. You know, obviously they go out and get Matt Ryan in the offseason, and you figure that he could at least be the bridge guy um, for for the next year or two. Um but, you know, I, I mean, they are just in a bad spot right now. Um, the offense looks terrible. Matt Ryan is just completely um, – I mean, just – I don't want to use the word washed because it's like, it's like no, a meme at this he, point, he, but I think he is washed. Like, I think you guys wholeheartedly agree with me there. Um, so, yeah, the Colts are really not in a good spot, man. They're 3-3-1, three, three and one, so, I mean, they're only – I guess a game out of first place behind the Titans right now after the loss, but yeah, it uh, it does not look good for them. And look, I mean, does Sam Ellinger give you a better chance to win than Matt Ryan? I, I guess at this point, it's probably closer than most people expect. So, well, you hear people on like Good Morning Football talk about it, and backup quarterbacks are supposed to give you that spark. So that's what you're kind of looking for in Bailey Zappi and Sam Ellinger. I had no clue he was going to be out for the whole year, uh, uh, Matt Ryan, that he was going to be benched. But, I mean, Ellinger's going to come in, and he's got good weapons. He's got Jonathan Taylor. He's got Michael Pittman. And they're in a very weak division. So the Colts realistically could. Yeah, yeah they've been so bad, and yet. You know, a win that's week and a Titans loss, and they're right there for first yeah. place in the division. So, I mean, they're going to be right there the whole entire time, along with the Jaguars. The Texans are kind of going to fall around last for the majority of the time, uh, but definitely the Colts look very good. Uh, Aiden, is there any team for you that really has not performed well? I mean, other than the Packers, really, but is there any team that kind of sticks out to you? Uh, I'll answer that in two ways. Uh, for yesterday, I, I've got one for the entire year so far, and the team for yesterday. Yesterday, even though the score at the end of the game was kind of inflated, but 
Cowboys beating the Lions 24-6, um, they didn't score. Uh, they scored, like, two touchdowns in the last two minutes. That's besides the point. But the game from the first quarter to, like, four minutes left in the fourth quarter, it was kind of it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, Dak, first game back, gave him a little bit of slack. But it seems like they're right back where they were at the beginning of the season before Cooper Rush came in. Uh, the defense did their thing for the most part, um, stopping the Lions' offense. But the Lions' defense, who's the worst in the NFL, before they added the inflation touchdowns at the end of the game, uh, before they did that, they were holding them, I think it was like 9 or 12. 9-6, I think. 9 yeah. points. It was holding them pretty well. So uh, that one was a little su- surprising for me. I thought the Cowboys would have came out a little bit stronger. But then overall, season-wise, I don't know what's going on in L.A. with the Chargers. Um, they fall yesterday. I, I think it's the injury bug with them. They're losing a lot of guys like flies, I think. Yeah. Well, Keenan Allen just came back, yeah. too. Keenan Allen came back. Mike Williams is now done for the year, I believe. Um, done for the year? Wait, really? Uh, he got he injured something. Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure if it was for the year, oh. but I know it's more than five weeks. I know that for a fact. Because um, Keenan Allen didn't even play the second half because he couldn't explode off that leg or something. So. says Mike Williams to miss at least several weeks, so you'd figure at least four or five weeks. Okay. Wow. But uh, Geno Smith puts 37 points. And J.C. Jackson gone. He's gone for the whole season, yeah. I know he's going for the season. Um, Yep. But letting up 37 points to the offense that didn't have Metcalf for most of the game. He got injured in the first quarter. I'm pretty sure that was. Um, Hopefully, you know, for the Chargers, I don't know many Chargers fans, but hopefully uh, there's better things to come for them. Starting the season out 4-3 and and looking how the schedule looked, I wouldn't have thought they would have been 4-3. and I thought they would have had one or two losses at this point. Uh, But – Chargers a little bit surprising. It seems like for some reason, for the past like two or three years, for some reason they always are one of those teams that you expect to be very, very good, but they're just good, not very, very good. Well, they're definitely a team that I thought was going to be pretty good, especially in a very, very, we thought was going to be a tough division, but now it's a weak division. The Chiefs really seem like they're in solo control, but the Chargers, four and three, and really their schedule is only going to get harder, and I mean, kind of just switching gears over into where well, we're still going to stay in the AFC, but oh, going over to the Patriots-Bears game that was yesterday. Aaron, I'll go to you first just because you're in the division with the Patriots. I mean, what's your thought right now on Mac Jones getting pulled after one drive? I, I mean, look, Bailey Zappi um, is, a, is a guy I liked coming out. Um, he set all sorts of records last year at uh, Western Kentucky. Um, most touchdowns in the season by a quarterback in like FCS history. So he was ultra productive. And so obviously the Patriots believed in him enough, you know, to the point where they saw enough from Matt Jones and, and they made the quick change. But I mean, the Patriots are kind of in a similar spot as the Packers, I think. I think if the run game is not there, what is that offense doing to move the ball? I mean, the weapons there are worse than, worse than the Packers, I would say. Honestly, uh, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker are better than anyone you could come up well, with on the Packers. Well, at least, at least on the Packers, you kind of, there's the element of maybe you don't know yet with a guy like Watson or uh, a guy like Dobbs. You know, I mean, they're not great right now, but they're young kids. They're rookies. Well, also the element is you have Aaron Rodgers and then you have Bailey Zappi. Right, so okay. Like, that's. I, mean, yeah. I, I guess that's, that's totally fair to say. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, just looking at it kind of like in a bottle, um, this Patriots offense is not good. And, I mean, they're obviously relying on the defense, but 
when Chicago goes out and puts 33 on you, uh, and Justin Fields is kind of just having his way out there after the start to the season that he's had, defense didn't look good last night. They did. Um, I mean, I, there's not a lot of answers right now for the Patriots. I mean, their defense uh, is, is teaming them in these games story-wise, too. They're getting defensive touchdowns uh, to keep the store close. Um, I mean, outside of that, Patriots are not looking. I I mean, they're at this point, they've got to be not a lock. I mean, I, it's way too early to say a lock, but they, for me, are easily the worst team in this division, and they're probably going to finish the last. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that. Yeah, it is crazy, especially for a team that's had Brady for so many years, and Mac Jones didn't even play that bad last year as a rookie. Right. Still finished well in the division. The Jets have just always been at the bottom of that division, but Aiden, kind of going over to you now, for a team like the Bears, and I don't want to jump too far into this, but are the Bears a team to kind of be worried about? Because you saw flashes of almost like Lamarisms and the fact that they're able to run the ball so well. Did they kind of find their groove against a very good Patriots defense, or was this just a one-time thing? Uh, I think it was more like a one-time thing. Uh, the season has told me, yesterday was okay, but the season has told me for the Bears, Justin Fields isn't that good. Um, now the offensive line doesn't help, but offensive line aside, Justin Fields is the decision making sometimes for me. Uh, it's really wild. Uh, but he can run the ball though. Uh, what like eighty two yards yesterday, something like that. I think um, he had eighty. Yep. I think it's seventy five the first half. Dead so on eighty two. Yeah. I must have seen that somewhere and it just stuck. Um, but eighty two yards for him running. I did not think he would have ran the ball as many times yesterday. I don't know if the fog played a factor or anything like that. It was. Pretty foggy here and there, um, but I no nobody should be worried about this Bears team. They think they play the Cowboys next. Um, Cowboys should be a win for that one, uh, but I, I really don't believe in Justin Fields. And then the offensive line doesn't help. Um, the wide receiver and core is interesting. Yeah, um, as long as David Montgomery can stay healthy, you have a solid run game with him. Uh, Khalil Herbert and I think he's injured right now though. Um, Clear Herbert? I think. Uh, he didn't play much yesterday. Yeah. But him backing him up, I mean, the run game should be fine. But other than that, it's a Bears team that defense played well yesterday too, though. Um, a few interceptions. But yeah, that brisker pit was nice. Yeah, other than that, Penn State uh, nothing to worry about. Do you think, because they don't have weapons at all. I mean, Darnell Moon is the only one, and you still have Montgomery in the, in the run game, but Cole Komet has improved himself, and I couldn't name another wide receiver on that team. So do you feel like... <laughs> If they can get one Nikhil more Harry wide receiver, I didn't. The revenge game from Nikhil Harry yesterday. Ugh. Do you think that really anything can help the Bears, especially if they get a good weapon? Justin Fields can maybe do better because he showed flashes yesterday. I've never liked Justin Fields. I've never thought he was good, but I was a little surprised with him yesterday. If you uh, see, there's five positions called the offensive line. If you five new, <laughs> five new guys. Put them there, see how they fare. Because the one he has now, it may be the worst I've ever seen in my life. It's getting pretty bad. I saw a clip. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was the right guard. He's just chilling. Yeah. People are just going toward. It was ridiculous. But you get a new offensive line for him, then I might be able to change my mind. I mean, the Bears, we don't know what's to come with them, especially uh, offensively. That offensive line's got to change. But kind of switching over to a team that, realistically has a lot of weapons in the Steelers. Aaron, Kenny Pickett, I mean, he comes into a tough situation. 
they weren't really a rebuilding team, kind of more of like a, I wouldn't say like a retool, but kind of like just before a rebuild. And then now you get Pickett. And now it seems like they're going through a full-blown rebuild, but it doesn't seem like Kenny Pickett's that guy at three interceptions. And they were well, 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 let's... I, I'll say let's pump the brakes on, on Pickett. Um, I o- think on he, the hate? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't... Now, look, he had the three picks. Okay, obviously not good. But I think every guy as a rookie, you have to give them a little bit of a pass, especially Pickett's situation where... He sits the first couple of games, yeah. and then against the Jets, he's literally thrown in in the middle of a drive. Uh, not not like, you know, you had a fresh set of downs after a touchback or whatever. He gets a jaw down out of the field, get into the huddle, get everybody set. He comes in in the middle of a drive uh, for Trubisky and takes over. And so, yeah, I think you got to give him a little bit of credit. He has not been the issue for them in a, in a couple of these losses. Uh the Jets game, actually, I thought he played pretty well. He ends up with three pits, but like they're bot store pits because yeah. he throws one at the end of the game on a Hail Mary and one goes off uh, someone's fingers. It, it gets tipped. Um, kind of like a crazy play where uh, I think Lamarcus Joyner was for the Jets. I like, tipped the ball up in the air. Um, so, I, I mean, like for Pitty, I think he's got the chance to develop pretty nicely. Um, I just think the Steelers at, at this point, at two and five, uh, man, they are they are kind of a blur to to break down. I mean, the quarterback situation is not good. Obviously, I think Pickett is a much better option at this point than Trubisky. I don't really know what they were thinking with him. I guess in hindsight, it's like, okay, well, of course you're saying that now because it didn't pan out. But it's like, did they really think Trubisky was gonna like become the second coming of Josh Allen just because he was there for a year and he played decent? Like, I don't know. I don't really know. And Najee Harris is not the same player he was a year ago. So offensively, you're right. They do have the weapons there. They've got the names. Uh, Fryermuth looks like a very good pick uh, to become their tight end uh, for the foreseeable future. Obviously, you've got Claypool and and Deontay Johnson there. Um, But, I mean, outside of that, you've got to figure out the quarterback. And I think you've got to give Kenny Pickett at least this year to kind of or the ropes a little bit. So then at two and five, Aiden, what is, I mean, Aaron just talked about it, the quarterback position. What's holding the Steelers back? Because Pickett already, he's got seven interceptions in three games. So, I mean, for the most part, you could say that he's a rookie, but is there anything holding him back? Because TJ Watt hasn't been there either. Um, I forget his name right now, but the offensive coordinator for the Steelers, so many people have been calling for him to be fired. Um, the thing, The weapons he has... He's not utilizing them correctly. There's no reason Najee Harris should only be running up the middle and catching passes on the outside. He is too good to be doing just yeah. those things. Um, but Kenny Pickett, uh, I'll give him a little bit of a break. Rookie threw him in a few weeks ago. Already has been out of game for a concussion. He has um, – who else used to wear two gloves on their hands? Hey, man. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy two gloves is what they call him. Teddy B. A few others. But it's – it takes a little bit to watch it. Like, watching it, it's kind of weird at first. Yeah. But then after he throws an interception, like the one towards the end of the game, in your head, are you like, maybe if he didn't have the gloves on, uh, maybe that would be more precise. But that's not true, though, because he went all his years at Pitt and threw the ball accurately. But I'd give him a little bit more time. Um, it sucks, though, because Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, and it's looking like this season's going to be the first. Um, I like Mike Tomlin a lot, 
Um, but I'll be able to see Kenny Pickett in uh, person um, when they play the Bengals in Pittsburgh in a few weeks. Third week in November, I think that is. So we'll cool. see how they how he fares that, that night against the uh, Bengals defense. So. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting because they're still missing T.J. Watt. He's going to come back. Hopefully uh, T.J. Watt's back for that game. I was going to say, I think he had a torn peck, and then they were like, yeah, he's going to be out five weeks. And I was like, how? Like this T.J. Watt. It was because he didn't decide to have surgery. Oh, okay. I don't know. I guess so when you have surgery, if you would have had it, I guess he would have been done for the season. He's probably going to play through a lot of pain, I'm guessing. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But uh, just So just switching topics out of that, and now to our new segment, Overreaction Tuesday. Oh, man. You see this a lot on ESPN. We decided to put our own spin on it. But just to jump right into it, Aaron, I'm going to start with you so you know how Overreaction Tuesday works, right? Mm, I do. Okay. I believe I do. So Overreaction Tuesday, the first one we got here. So Tampa Bay sits at 3-4. and four. They lead their division. Is Tampa Bay in trouble, especially after that? Oh, pandemic? yeah. Are they in trouble? So that, that's not an overreaction. No, it's not an overreaction. That's actually a completely uh, rational take by you, Mr. Carlson, because, again, like, like we talked about probably about 10 minutes ago at this point, I mean, Brady just... I don't know. He's just not in sync with his guys. Did you did you guys see the the ball probably a couple minutes into the game? He laid out there for Mike Evans. He he overshot him a little bit. Mike Evans has to catch that ball. Yeah, I saw no yeah, one with it. It was the walk in touchdown. No one within twenty yards of him, and no, he can't make that catch. It's like when that happens, you know there's just something up. Um, sometimes it, it's just truly is the eye test, right? It's just like you see that happen, and it's like. Thin's gotta be going bad in that locker or something. Um, because Mike Evans never drops a ball like that. And I I get it. Brady put maybe a little bit too much on it, but that's a tactical ball, absolutely, for Mike Evans. Um and the defense did not look good. This is a unit that was led by Todd Bowles when he was yeah. DC and now he, he's the head coach there, obviously. Um and the defense has taken stepped back from their championship run. Well, they've kept the same coordinators. They've had Byron Leftwich, and they now, still look, have Bulls calling plays. They've lost pieces over the years. They've lost some pieces here and there. Um, but, yeah, the defense, which you thought was going to be a strength of this team for sure, uh, has been the, the weak point um, for me. And so, absolutely, I think I think the Butts are in a, a heap of trouble right now. they got to figure stuff out pretty, pretty quick. So then, Aiden, before I go to you, Aaron, I have a follow-up question. So... Yeah. Tom Brady comes back this year to play. And then now with all the off-the-field drama, and especially how his team has played, do you think there's a chance that he plays another year, if not two or three? Because he hasn't commented on it. Well, I know he's, like, jokingly said, like, he's like, oh, retirement's not my future. I mean, it's obviously a joke because he's, like, 100 years old. Because if they go 5-12, and 12, I don't think he can walk <laughs> off in the sunset feeling happy about that's that. Not, that's not like Brady to walk off as a loser. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, honestly, for his sake, if they're not all that good this year and he doesn't look all that good, I I, I hope he just makes the smart decision, honestly, and, and just honestly walks away. I mean, look, I get he's, he's, he's always going to have that fire in his belly. It's Tom Brady. He's just built different. But, um, I mean, the Bucks right now have some issues. And, I mean, they could be a team that could be looking for a quarterback Soon as well. Um, and so, obviously, when you have the talent there that's going to win you at least some games, you're kind of in a, a predicament there. So, so then, and I'll pose the same two questions to you. Do you think it is an overreaction or not an overreaction that Tampa Bay is in trouble and you think that he retires after this year? It's not an overreaction. 
um, especially after you lose to the clearly the worst team in football by that m- score, um, you definitely need to react. And there's no overreaction on that one. But before I answer that second question, I do want to point off, Aaron, you said uh, the defense for you hasn't been holding it down. Uh-huh. Me personally, week one, they hold the Cowboys at three points. Mm-hmm. Week two, Saints 10 points. Week three, Packers 14 points. Uh-huh. Week four was Chiefs 41 points. Uh, we can let that slide. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Uh, Falcons fifteen points, uh, Steelers twenty points, and then the Panthers twenty one. So yeah, I, like the thing is for me though, they just don't they just don't seem like the the group that um, is going to be able to like kind of elevate the offense, which obviously is not yeah in rhythm right now. I I, I get it. Um, and you try to um, use numbers there to back it up. Uh, so they have been holding teams to pretty small point margin. I'm just saying like with Brady right now and that offense looking a little bit sluggish, um, especially on the ground yesterday, they got absolutely nothing going in the run game. Um, there's just not the compliment of, of the defense being like so stellar to the point where like you can live with the offense being kind of bad. It's kind of like both are, are not really going too well right now. So, but I, I understand what you mean. That's understandable. Uh-huh. I, I think that the one thing, keeping me grounded on the fact that the Buccaneers could do well is just off of Tom Brady. The fact that Tom yeah. Brady is on that team, I'm thinking they still could win the Super Bowl. They're the Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady, and that's kind of the thought I'm always having is you still have Tom Brady, you still have Mike Evans, you still have a... I know that they're not the defense that they once were, but they still have good guys, so I'm always thinking that they could maybe just get there. That's my always thought with Rodgers, too, especially with the Packers. Yeah. By the way... In the first half, sorry to throw you off, Andy, right. real quick. The, the Buccaneers had one, two, three, four drives, it looks like, in the first half, I guess. Um, I think they were all punt, right? Punt, punt, yeah, punt, yeah. punt. Yeah. End of the half ended one, I remember. They talked about that. Wow. Crazy. I mean, Shame. just a team that offensively can't get it going, but an offensive team that can get going, as we're going to move on to the next one, Aiden, I'll go to you first for this one because this is this is a one that I'd say is held back currently by the Eagles. Are the Giants the real deal? I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> three, three weeks ago, I wasn't on it, but after that Ravens game the other week, they're the real deal. Um, and then for once again, for some reason, I don't know why they were the underdogs against a two and four Jack at the time, two and four Jacksonville team in Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't think the Giants have actually ever won a football game in Jacksonville before, but they were still the underdogs, went down there. Tough game, kind of, uh, but they still got the win, but they're the real deal. Now, I think it's safe to say the uh, NFC least has became the NFC beast, um, but I don't, I'm don't. i going to take a look at the rest of their schedule. And Okay, they got, oh, that's a good game next week. Seahawks in Seattle, Giants-Seahawks, that'll be a good one, 425 start. That'll be the main game, but then they got Texans, Lions. Uh, all right, so this team will definitely be either the three or four seed into the playoffs. So then I'd say a follow-up question to that is, do the Giants win the division? Oh, oh, oh no, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Now, I think some uh, respect has to be put on the uh, undefeated team that is at the top of that division, and as much as like it hates me to say this, but the Eagles have a very easy schedule. Oh, I think everyone in the NFC East does. They all have to go through very easy teams. So yeah, they do. But um, they've shown this year uh, that even though, well, 
Actually, it's kind of hard to say that because we're saying well, these teams are easy. Opponents. Is it an easy schedule or are the teams in the NFC East just really good? See, yeah, you could say that, though. Yeah. Because especially this last yeah. year, you would have never said that. Well, the, the Eagles did have a very easy schedule yeah. last year. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, year, I think you made an argument that it's a, it's a little tougher, but they're just a really, really good team. So. But it is the Eagles division to lose, though. Yes. Yeah, I do agree with that, especially at undefeated. It's just funny because when you look at all the divisions, NFC East are... Eagles are six and zero. Giants are six and one. Cowboys are five and two. And then you look at everyone else, and the NFC South is a losing division. Take the Vikings out of the North; that's a losing division. And the Seahawks somehow are leading the division at four and three. So there's so many question marks. But Aaron, I'm going to pose the same question to you, especially as a New York Jets fan, as a New York Giants fan. Mm-hmm. Are the Giants the real deal? I would say at this point they they are. Um, and I have to give a ton of credit to uh, Brian Dable and that staff. They've just got that team playing. Uh, like I don't want to. I don't want to. Like again, I think I've said this before. Maybe on third and long or offside. I, I can't remember. But I don't want to use like the term like playing over their heads because I feel like that's a, a little bit disrespectful. But they are definitely elevating this group. They're definitely elevating Daniel Jones, and it helps a ton when you're. All pro running back is back to being one of the best in the NFL. Uh, Saquon Barkley is is awesome, and so he's obviously returned to form for for the most part, and it's provided a huge spark for that giant offense. But I mean, the way in which they're winning these games, Nick. I mean, they shut out the Jags ten nothing in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. It's a comeback win against the Packers. It's a comeback win, like. It's a Giants team where okay, maybe the talent doesn't stack up to some of the other. Teams in the NFC, uh, especially at the Eagles, or the Vikings, um, and so like, you know, are they right now at the team or you know a, a top two or three team in the NFC? It's it's tough to say, but I mean, they're three and zero on the road. They're six and one. Um, they just keep finding ways to win late, and I that's the mark of a good football team to me is that when you're down in the fourth quarter, you don't. Go to a panic, and I mean they have just shown time and time again that they are capable of uh, winning games from behind. And so I, I think the Giants are the real deal at this point. And I'm actually very excited to see the Giants if they sustain this, get back to the playoffs. Um, I truly am. I have nothing really against the Giants at all. Uh, it's a fan base that's been tortured over the last four or five years. Um, so the boat picture was taken. Yeah, I mean the boat picture just sent them into a downward spiral, but. It would be kind of cool to see the Giants uh, win a good amount of games this year and try to shock everybody and make the playoffs. I think these Giants fans that are saying that they're tortured by the past couple of years, I mean, you won two Super Bowls in the past 12 years well, and you beat okay. Tom Brady. Since 2016, yeah. they've been the brutal. Boat photo, yeah. They've been brutal. So. so, I mean, just kind of moving on to the other side of the coin, especially when you're talking about the Giants, I thought it's interesting because... Trevor Lawrence, who's come from the Urban Meyer situations and now they're kind of getting the offense back together, he has a lot of weapons. He's got Christian Kirk, ETN. The offensive line's not bad, and so is the defense. Yet they're 2-5, and and Trevor Lawrence with nine touchdowns and four picks. Aiden, I don't want to say he's a bust, but is it time to worry about the number one overall pick who is compared to Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, some of the best, and he... He showed glimpses, but he hasn't really shown us much. Watching that game, I was actually starting to think the same thing, but this might be a strong statement. But um, I feel like he won't get signed to another contract 
down there in Jacksonville. He still has like three years to prove yeah, exactly it. Exactly. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like, yeah, you, well, they got a first year head coach for that team in Dougie P. Um, he's working with what he has. Now, I'm not going to lie, seven games in the season, I expected them to have better than a two and five record. Yeah. I, I expected that to be better. But, um, I guess uh, no, I can't cut him any slack. <laughs> he's, he's second year, yeah. He hasn't been. He's elevated from last year. I'll say that, but he hasn't elevated enough. Um, but I think that what holds me back on is that Doug Peterson is a very well known coach, played a lot, been to a Super Bowl, and he's still going into Jacksonville trying to help Trevor Lawrence, and really hasn't proven that much. I mean, Aaron, I'm going to go to you. Do you think that Trevor Lawrence, we should be worried about him? Because he's looked not that special. Um, I'm not sure yet if we should start worrying. I think, like Aiden said, he's definitely improved a lot from last year. And he's got a lot of, outside of the physical stuff, because, you know, every guy in that draft class, taken at the top of that draft, um, had the physical tools, obviously. Trey Lance gets hurt, but we know about him. Zach Wilson as well with the arm. Uh, and Lawrence, obviously, is like, you know, he was held as the golden boy for a reason. He's six foot six, 220 pounds, big physical guy, athletic, big arm, uh, accurate. So he's not the physical stuff, but outside of that, um, for a kid who is 23 years old and in Jacksonville, you know, last year the situation there, and obviously, like we, like you said, Nick, the the weapons this year are better, and the situation as a whole is better. The coaching situation is better, uh, but as a young kid who has played losing football so far for uh, all of his NFL career, he's got some stuff that really makes you kind of excited. Um, this year, I, I think he's uh, improved his touch uh, on his deep stuff. Um, he's kind of working with certain receivers um, to build connections with them. I, I like what he's got going with Kurt coming over from Arizona. And the biggest thing to me with Trevor Lawrence is his pocket presence. I mean, he's 23 years old, and this kid navigates the, the pocket when it's breaking down or when he's got a clean one, uh, like a guy in his mid-30s. So I think Trevor Lawrence still has the ability to be a really good quarterback. His you know numbers to this point aren't, anything too special, but I mean, 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions through uh, seven weeks is not, you know, something to scoff at either. So you figure he gets close to 4,000 yards, around 20 touchdowns, around 10 pits. It's, it's, that would be a solid season from a, a second year guy. Obviously he's the number one overall pick. We know the type of pedigree that Trevor Lawrence came in with. So I would not panic yet. Uh, I guess if we're sticking with, uh, overreaction or not, I would say that's a bit of an overreaction to start worrying about him. But, at the same time, uh, next year, if you don't see another leap, uh, or at least another step from him, I think then you can kind of uh, start to have your doubts a little bit. So before we move into our final question where I ask Aaron my Zach Wilson question I've been thinking up for the past 24 hours or so, and a question just popped up into my head because me and sports director Danny Ryan have argued about this. Eagles fans... They kind of see Jalen Hurts as this great offensive player, especially MVP. Eagles looking very good so far. I would argue that the defense has been good. At the same time, we haven't seen Jalen Hurts come back from any sort of deficit. We saw it in the Jaguars game. It was 14-0, but in a game where I've seen it with the Browns and Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, when you know that they're going to pass, 
can Jalen Hurts step up? Do you think that Jalen Hurts can step up? Because there's going to be bigger games than the games that they're playing right now where they play teams like the Texans and like the Commanders. They're going to play tough teams who know how to stop him. Do you think that Jalen Hurts in his second year can kind of make those plays, or do you think that it's just a run-first team and defense is going to shine? Um, he'll be able to make those plays, but he won't shine to make those plays. Most of the reason why he'll be able to make those plays is you have, uh, I don't even know how tall he is, number 11, he's a- like six two, AJ I think. Brown, who you just don't even have to really throw the ball accurately to him. You just have to throw it in his direction. <laughs> Give him a chance. And he will go and grab it. Same thing with Devontae Smith. He will just go and grab it. So Jalen, on the other hand, he can get a little bit of slack from that because he can not play exceptional, especially when you have two wide receivers like that who are they're not the best duo in the league, but definitely a top six wide receiver duo in the league, I'd say, confidently. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Sometimes um, it does scare me little bit when I see him throw the ball downfield and you know the cameraman still trying to catch up to the ball yeah it's like okay what's going to happen here but from last year to this year well he hasn't had to throw the ball downfield like that this year that much that's because they're always leading and exactly. running that's what I'm nervous of when he has to actually come back I don't know if he could do it I feel like uh depending on who the team is as long as it's not one of the juggernauts like a well we don't play the bills or the chiefs or the cupcake schedule yeah, yeah. for the eagles yeah the giants though that'll be a those will be good games um, when they happen. That's later in the year. But um, I feel like he, if he needed to come back, he'd be able to do it mostly, though, thanks to the wide receivers. So then I watched the Cowboys-Eagles games with five other Eagles fans. And that overreaction. Must have, must have been rough. I was going to say overreaction or not an overreaction. You were nervous during that oh, game. I was very nervous. <laughs> Especially late in the game. I was nervous. Um, I'm not going to lie. Even though I didn't know this till earlier this week, uh, James Bradbury and Darius Slay are the graded from AWS, the number one and number two corners in the league. They were graded that. Yeah. I was still pretty scared because Cooper Rush had moments where he was just going down the field. Ezekiel Elliott started to get hot later in the game. That's the thing uh, that's scared me with the Eagles in total. Uh, one, they don't score points in yeah. the third and fourth quarter. They haven't really had to, though. I think that's the argument that's for that, though. Only because the defense is so good, but then also the defense later in the game starts to get a little bit lackluster, and then yeah. that's when teams start to put on a little bit more points. But to answer the total question, uh, Jalen Hurts, when the time comes down to it, he'll be able to do it late in the game. So then, Aaron, in regards to your quarterback as a New York Jet fan, I I watch every single Jets and Browns game. Uh, My family's Jets fans, so I watch every Jet game. Now, can I ask very quickly? Yeah. Your entire family is Jets fans. How do you become a Browns fan? Okay, so the reason because of it is, you, you guys remember Johnny Manziel? No, I've, I, so, I don't know who that is. So Johnny Manziel, me and my dad love to watch him. Okay. And then when he goes into the NFL, I started playing with him in Madden. Okay. Next thing you know, you start playing as the Browns. You start to like the team. And I was always the type of person who I wanted to go against my family because uh, I was like, I want to yeah, root against fair. you guys. So the Browns kind of just caught on. And yeah, well. next thing you know, my mom bought me like a Johnny Manziel Browns jersey and kind of just stuck with it and that, kept going. That Madden run with uh, Johnny Manziel was pretty short-lived. What was it? Well, yeah. Two, two Maddens? Two years. Yeah, yeah, he's well. like 70 overall. <laughs> I, you know what's funny is I my family is so diehard Jets fans that do you remember when Sanchez was in the playoffs? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I went to every single game. 
in Indianapolis, <laughs> Pittsburgh. Oh my god! Uh, I watched all those games. Oh my god! I went to when Fitzpatrick uh, went that, to Buffalo. So so it was the second year they made the playoffs, right? Yeah. So they go to Indy on the road. It was when they beat Manning. Then they beat the Patriots, goal. and then they lose to the Steelers. Yeah, I didn't go to the Patriots game. I went okay. to I went to the Steelers game. That was when San Antonio Holmes had like the eighty yard touchdown yep. or something. Uh-huh. Uh, I was there at that game, but so I was like, I have. Kind of a deep down love for the Jets, okay. but at the same time, okay. Browns always come first for me. But for Zach Wilson, I mean, overreaction or not an overreaction, he's not that guy. Because <sighs> it's his second oh, year in the man. system. He's got wide receivers now. For you as a Jet fan, what is your initial? Well, okay, this is this is what I'll say about about his situation. <laughs> um, y- okay, yes, the weapons are better, and. He's got less excuses this year. But at the same time, before the first game of the year, you lose your right tackle in Makai Becton for the year. You have now lost um, Brees Hall, who looked at the offensive rookie of the year. He's gone for the year, tore, uh, tore his ACL. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, who has played three different positions on the offensive line this year and has stepped in at left tackle, right tackle, left guard. Uh, he's probably been the best lineman that the Jets have had in a few years. Uh, looked really, really good, but unfortunately, he is now out for the year with a torn tricep. So he's lost two of his best offensive linemen. Jets signed Dwayne Brown uh, before week one. Left tackle. Yeah, so he's he's their left tackle now, but he didn't play the first few weeks. So he was missing his quote-unquote starting left tackle. Dwayne Brown, a good player. Uh, Elijah Moore all of a sudden wants out, so there's one of his best receivers gone. Now, I said it sounds like I'm making excuses for him, which I guess you could say I am. That's like eight excuses right there. <laughs> but at the same time, look, look, okay, I'll, I'll be fair. And, and by the way, okay, <laughs> Denver's defense is pretty dead good. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable how good I, they I are think, defensively. I think take out the Eagles, Broncos have the best defense in the league. I mean, they're really, especially on the bat end. So, yes, Wilson has looked rough. He's got one passing touchdown in four games. I did how it looked. One in four? I didn't even know that. Yeah, he doesn't, they don't throw, they don't throw the ball. I mean, in the red zone, they do not throw the ball. They just run it, run it, run it. And now with Brees Hall down for the year, they go out and trade for James Robinson yesterday, who's a very nice player. Excited to have him. So, it'll be him. Michael Carter and uh, Ty Johnson there as the as the um, running back room, uh, which I, I like. James Robinson, I think, is very good. Um, but to be fair, through all that, uh, yeah, he, he he's had to have been better. Look, from last year, the accuracy is, is up. He looks a little bit more confident stepping up and making throws, but he still holds on to the ball for way, way, way I, too I long. It's, it's terrible. That's got to be his worst trade, I think, because... He's actually eliminated the um, like the really really bad turnovers in terms of like pits. Like he he's got that now as a second year guy where he won't make the dumb rookie throw where he'll just like lob it up. He's eliminated the turnovers I think um, for the most part, but still I mean it's like. But I think when he eliminates the turnovers, I mean I watch these games and he gets sacked for like negative. No, I know yards. that's the thing he, and. You know, sacks are, are very easy to just pin on the offensive line, yeah. but a lot of the times it's his fault because he just doesn't get the ball out quickly enough. Um, and you know guys are getting open. I mean, sure, there are times where, yes, okay, the Broncos, good secondary, good defense. They'll play a match kind of defense, and, and they'll they'll have the Jets locked up for a play. Okay, that's fair. Um, but, I mean, you had 
Conklin and Uzama as the tight end duo playing pretty well. Garrett Wilson is there. Um, obviously, Corey Davis. So, like, you know, you go back and watch the film. I mean, Zach Wilson has guys to throw to here. Yeah. I think sometimes it's just he he, he can't he can't process it. He, he's, he's his mind doesn't work that fast. Um, and I think coming from a school like BYU, where ninety percent of their schedule is against inferior competition, and I mean, if you watched his college tape. I mean, he's sitting back there in the pocket. He can write a book. I mean, like he's got he's got a wheat to throw, and guys are wide open forty yards down the field. Like it was just so easy for him. And like I don't know. I I think just to wrap it up, because I know I'm kind of ranting. Um, I think at this point, if you want to say he's not the guy, I I can't argue with you. Honestly, I still I'm, I'm I was gonna give him another two years. I'm still gonna hold out hope for him. Um. But, I mean, the the physical tools at some point, Nick and Aiden, they have to, like, they've got to match the mental side of things. Um, and I just don't think he's there yet. And I don't know if he'll ever get there because of the revolving door of off- offensive linemen he's got. And just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird situation with the Jets. They're winning because their run game has been so good and their defense is excellent. Yeah. Um, and so, like, he's been able to rely on that. But now Brees Hall is gone for the year. So your best offensive weapon is gone. I'm sure they'll still lead into a lot of uh, of uh, the run game and, and play action and stuff like that. But Wilson here for the for the rest of the year, Nick, he's going to have to be a much better quarterback than he's been through the first four games, for sure. I think what's questionable is that you look at now James Robinson, who you get, and yeah. that was instant that they traded for him. So yeah. I feel like there's a lack of trust in Wilson, and it's... Hey, we got well, I, I think it was more just Joe Douglas wanted to do something really fast. I sh- he, yeah, he sees they're a five and two team. In years previous, the momentum problem. In years previous, he's held off from the trade deadline, yeah. which is fair because they haven't been a good team at the deadline in in the past two three years when Joe Douglas has been here. But I think that was more of just season opportunity. James Robinson's on the market. Travis Etienne's doing great things in Jacksonville. He's available. Why not go get him? You know what I mean? I I I see. What you're, where you're coming from. I think there is a little bit of a lack of trust in Wilson, yeah. which is not good for a, a second-year quarterback. Not good. Well, that's why it pains me because I've loved Zach Wilson going out of college. Uh, I, I thought he was fantastic, but I think that another person coming out of college who also looked pretty good, as I think we're going to switch gears to a team that I would say if I don't want the Browns or Jets to win, I want this team to win the Super Bowl so bad. I want the 49ers to win the Super Bowl just because of the chaos it'll cause between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think, I wouldn't say that they're contenders now because they still have a lot of kinks to work out, but Aiden, do you think that after the McCaffrey trade, I mean, I know that he's injured, but I know that he's a playmaker, and that's definitely a versatile offense. Do you think that they're contenders now, especially now that they have Garoppolo back and McCaffrey? I mean, the way the NFC's looking, they're probably contenders already. <laughs> um, but they definitely increased their chances with McCaffrey. Um, going to your point about Trey Lance and um, Garoppolo? Yeah, Trey Lance and Garoppolo. First of all, I was very upset uh, when they announced over the offseason that Trey Lance would be starting. I was quite upset because all Garoppolo has done for the most part is get you to big games. Yeah, he hasn't won some of those big games, but he's gotten you to that point. So this season, though, if they get to another NFC Championship game, you got to go into next season like, all right, you took us to another NFC Championship game. And then we've got, how many games has uh, Lance played? 
two. I think maybe two, yeah. Including two or three. He played the Bears when it was rainy, and then he broke his leg. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, in his rookie year, he played a damn, I think. So I think he's played two or three damns. They have a big decision. Um, A decision that (laughs) they made in the offseason that I didn't really like. But if they get as far as the NFC Championship game again, I don't know what the heck they're going to do. Because that decision is just to have, now, once again, all Garoppolo has to do is drop back three yards, find somebody five <laughs> yards away from the line of scrimmage, drop it off to them, and then let them do the work. But Debo's over there somewhere. Exactly. And, it's, and, now, and now McCaffrey's over there somewhere. Yeah. So at one point it's going to end up working. But I didn't like the decision to start Lance over um, Garoppolo, but now Garoppolo's in that starting role anyway, so we'll just have to see what it comes down to. So then take the bias away, and let's say Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl. This year. There's no way you do not start him next year. <laughs> well, the thing is, is he's 30. He's got to sign a contract. And you okay. traded away your whole future I for don't, Lance. So I, what do you do? I said with Shanahan, he's a coach where he almost, like, he's the type of breed where it's like. I think his ego is too big. I don't know. Yeah, look. like, yeah. I, I think he's going to see what Lance can be in that offense with McCaffrey now. And as a dual threat guy, I think he's just going to, like, it's going to be too much for him to resist, I think. I don't know. So you think if they win the Super Bowl with Garoppolo, they're going to be like, Garoppolo, I'm sorry, you're the honest, backup? To be completely honest with you guys, um, unless Jimmy Garoppolo looks like the guy who actually wins you the Super Bowl and not that defense or your playmakers, um, I would start Trey Lance that year. I would. If he's fully ready to go, I got to give him the tease. I mean, you spent the number three overall pick on him. You know what I mean? And you traded I, so I, much for I him. I don't think you could let him sit a year, and then lose him for a year, and then sit him for like half a year again. I, I just don't think you can afford to do that if you're Shanahan. Do you think they could win the Super Bowl this year? Like, does McCaffrey make that big of a difference? Because you said before we came on, you were like, yeah, McCaffrey, I, just, I, don't, I don't get I it. just really don't understand it, unless they plan on really using him as kind of like a hybrid like slot receiver and a running back. Now, obviously, they're going to get really creative with him. But I don't know. I mean, giving up uh, the capital that they did for a player like McCaffrey, who, yes, he's a very, very good player, very versatile, makes them better for sure. But, of course, the thing with him is he's very injury-prone as well. So, you know, would be surprised. Obviously, not hoping for injury at all, of course. Uh, but would I be surprised if we're here a month from now and Christian McCaffrey's out of the lineup? No, not really. So. Wow, you, really? Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I yeah. mean, he's an injury, he's yeah. an injury prone guy. I mean, you never know. So, I, I think that when you really think about it, I think we're all in agreement that the Eagles are the number one team in the NFC. Am I right on that? Yeah. Who's the number two? Would you say it's the Giants? Would you say it's the Niners? Well, how about yeah. the Vi- the Vikings? I think during Vikings that conversation, are, okay. but That's the Vikings it. they got destroyed by the Eagles. So, I mean, do they that deserve that number two? Yeah, I, I mean, they should, be, they should be the number two. I mean, maybe the Eagles are just maybe they've got the path to the Super Bowl kind of locked down. I it guess. might be the Giants. The Giants might be the number two. Yeah, because I I try to think if the Eagles played the Niners, number one, it would be a defensive brawl. And then I think that maybe you'd score a couple points, but I really don't know what team challenges the Eagles. I mean, you look at the AFC, and you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, uh, you got so many good teams, the Ravens as well, and the Bengals. Joe Burrow's finally, I mean, the oh, Super Bowl dude. hangover was a little. God, the, the Falcons. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I had a lot of faith in the Falcons this yeah. week. 
They, I did. To beat the Bengals? That the Bengals, well, no, not to beat them. Okay, uh, if we're talking betting lines here, they were plus six. Uh, and you took them plus six? I did take them plus six. So you must have believed them when they beat the 49ers. Well, okay, because the Fountains have not been that bad this year. The Bengals didn't look like all that great, but of course, they have like their debt right game against the Fountains. Yeah. I mean, Burrow was just like, again, he looked like Zach Wilson in college. I was just sitting back there, right a novel, just throwing a chase 80 yards down the field. So it's like, yeah. So then moving on with 10 minutes left to go, just to next week, week eight of 18. So about to be halfway through the season. Is there any game that really sticks out? Because this is the first actual Thursday night football game that I'm actually excited for. It's it's not Bears, Commanders, or what was it? Cardinal Saints yeah, last week? Yeah, it's the first one of the while. That's actually like what's fun to yeah. watch. <laughs> so it's, it's Ravens, Buccaneers on Thursday, October 27th. I think another interesting one, I don't know if I'm going to wake up for it, but Broncos-Jaguars in London. So I want to watch Russell Wilson uh, play the Jaguars. God. Is there any game that sticks out for either uh, both of you? Aaron, I'll go to you first. Is there any game besides the Jet game that kind of sticks out? <sighs> okay, here, let me let me take a look at the... Uh, because Jets-Patriots could be good, but I don't know what's going to happen with Bailey Zappi. I think Cardinals-Vikings is a pretty interesting game. Um, you truly believe that? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? It, it's fun. It, I I think that'll be a very high scoring game, which would be which would be fun. Um, a lot of points there. Points are always fun. Uh, Giants Seahawks, like you said, Aiden. I think that's a pretty good one. That's a that's a good. Yeah, I know. I'm stealing it from you. Sorry, but um, that's that's a good call by you. That'll be a good one in Seattle. Uh, Niners Rams should just be interesting because it's divisional. Want to see what McCaffrey looks like second week there. I think the Rams most, kind of had to wake up. I was going to say, I think the most interesting game is going to be the Sunday night game, Packers, Packers Bills, because that's like the season for the Packers. Now the Packers, like, I have a feeling they're going to get brutally exposed in front of the nation. Like, like do you think it's going to be a blowout? Because I think if it's a blowout, there's going to be I question marks around be a blowout. The lines are <laughs> now Buff, uh, Buffalo minus ten and a half. Um, I would it's, in, ha- it's, it's in, in Lambo, right? No, it's in Buffalo. Oh. It's going to be a blowout. <laughs> like if you were to do a score it prediction, what do, you, what do you think it's going to be? You think it's going to be like Josh Allen with like 50 fantasy I'll points? I'll say like 34, 14 bills or something like, like that. 31, 10. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's not going to be good. The Pat like Aiden said the Patriots are not good. I think another good looking game is the Lions Dolphins, just because it's just too high scoring, high power. Yeah, offenses. but at the same time, I don't know the Lions. Uh, Do you think the first five uh, weeks were? Yeah, a fluke? I, think, I think they try to trick us a I little don't know bit. If it, you can't have. A I mean, they got shut out by the Patriots, yeah. and then they scored six against the Cow. Two good defenses, to be fair, but I mean, they've scored six points in the last two weeks. So, so what team? When you're looking at all these games, I mean, we're kind of getting into crunch time, especially halfway through the season. Like, I know that if the Browns they're at two and five, if if they don't win their next two games, I mean, the season's over, even with Deshaun Watson. That's the only thing I could look forward to. Is there any team that you kind of see? That you're like this team has got to win. They've got yeah. to prove it because I think I the Packers. You go to you go to Aiden first though. I have mine. I want to see if he's got the the Saints. The Raiders. The Raiders. Okay. The Raiders play the Saints. They're two and four. Yeah, they do have to win that game. Um, that is a must win for them. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually funny. <laughs> that's I didn't even realize like, they do. They better win that game, dude. Um, um, another must win. Uh, I'd say the Rams. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the Rams. The Super Bowl champs. Yeah. Um, going up against... They haven't beat the Niners in the seven Niners. straight regular season games, though. Really? Yeah, they've owned yeah, them. They, Midvay, or Midvay has been, like, owned by Shanahan. Yeah, I besides the playoffs last yeah, year. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I was going to say the Broncos. Um, Where are they at? Oh, the they're, they're the 9-30 game against, against the Jad to the London. 
Is it confirmed La- if uh, I don't know if playing? I don't know if Russ is playing. I mean, I don't know if they're. But at this point, difference. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Brett Ripon uh, on Sunday made. He threw the ball a lot more than I thought. Yeah, I mean, they really kind of let him loose, which I guess is a good thing. I mean, if you're going to bring a, a backup quarterback, it's like, why not at least see what he's got? Um, and so, like, they really have this. They, they've got to win. They have to win. Um, that game's on ESPN Plus, the one in London. Yeah, yeah. Joe Buck's going to, and then he's going to be there on Monday, I think. So you got to pay for it. I will not be watching that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, ESPN Plus. I don't think I'm waking up for that either. Yeah, you can how? always just stream it if it comes down that to it. That is true. But yeah. I pay, Do you really want to wake up and I pay 50 bucks on YouTube TV, so I'm going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that the one that sticks out to me is that the Ravens and Bucks are both teams that need to win, especially, I mean, Lamar, it, it's like Aaron Judge. Lamar bet on himself to win, or at least go far, and really hasn't shown it. So he bet on himself. Do you think he gets the contract? Because really, he hasn't shown anything to me. I think I think he's played pretty well. I just think the Ravens don't know how to hold on to leads. Uh, that's the problem. And I just uh, you put you pin that on Lamar because he's the quarterback who's going to have the ball in the fourth quarter, and you've got to go out and score points. But yeah, I think it's kind of a a situation where Lamar, some of the stuff that's happened to the Ravens is a little bit out of his control. So the first four weeks of the season for the uh, Ravens. He had the contract in the bag. Yeah, he yeah. did. He, did. he was then, the whole team. Yeah, and then they play the Bills. <laughs> His defense, it was bad weather. Yeah. So I guess you can cut some slack for there. But then against the Giants, he, he lost the game against the Giants. Uh, those turnovers were ridiculous. Yeah. And then uh, they just won. I can't remember who, who they just beat this week. Um, the Browns. The Browns. Oh, nah, That's nothing special. That's nothing <laughs> special. The Browns' offense is horrible. Only right beat now. them by three, though. I didn't watch the game. I don't know how. Yeah, because the Browns started to come back. It was 10 to 20, and then it got close. They've got yeah. an issue, dude. I mean, they've got to learn how to close out games. Really. And you can't not have that going into the playoffs. You have to be able if, to close out games. I mean, if you're up 10 against Buffalo in, in, in the fourth quarter and Josh Allen's got like eight minutes left, you've yeah. got to close that game out. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. I mean, and they're a team that struggled, and really, I don't know who you put that on. Do you put that on the coaching or Lamar? But there's so many problems within that organization right now, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, But that's going to do it for us here. Closing out third and long every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, and I've been joined by Aaron Hook and Aiden Butler. I've been Nick Carlson. We'll see you next Tuesday at 2 o'clock. This has been third and long. You have been listening to Third and Long with your hosts Aaron Hook and Nick Carlson. Make sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. You can find Third and Long in every Rowan Radio Sports podcast by searching Rowan Radio On Demand Sports wherever you find your podcasts.